Christ does change everything. Um, it, it changes everything. Um, of course, we know what the Bible says. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Uh, but Christ changes everything. And as you look at the cross this morning, that changes everything. And I, th- I, I think if, if we were to ask each and every one of you, does that change everything? I think we would all say yes. But does, is it flushed out in our lives in the sense of we live differently because of the cross? I think we would all say that changes everything. But really, I heard someone say this. Um, our beliefs ought to determine our behavior. If we believe that that changes everything, we ought to live differently because of that belief. And so I want you to turn your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. In verse 18, the Bible says, For the preaching of the cross to them that perish, foolishness. But unto us which are saved is the power of God unto salvation. You know, that symbol is readily recognized. I mean, I haven't traveled the world, but I've been in different countries. And, 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 and it's amazing. You see that cross. And sometimes, you know, of course, the Roman Catholics, they have Jesus still on the cross. But I'm thankful he's not on the cross still. Amen. Um, but but that's, that cross is very recognizable. Uh, it's like a, a police officer, that badge, that's very, you know, people recognize that. They, they, and you're going to have two or one or two responses to the badge. Either you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. Um, you know, the, a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, doing a, uh, a road race, and it was the first time I ever did this, and, and it was a challenge. Someone said, hey, you ought to try it, and, and uh, it was a 60-mile race, and so... Um, I tried, we, there was a thousand riders and that was just, that was pretty cool. Just having a thousand people there and we were racing and I was, I was about halfway through the race with 60 miles of the category I was in. Um, and I'm racing down this mountain. I was going about, about 45 miles an hour and all of a sudden I heard this pop and it, it just scared the fire. I mean, I didn't know exactly what happened. Uh, I know I, I, you know, you're very focused going that fast down the mountain, huh, Joe? And, um, and uh, you definitely don't want to hit your brakes when you're going downhill, do you, Joe? All right, just ask Joe. He has some reasons to show you. Maybe his little shoulder that he hurt. Um, I told Joe, Joe, listen, when you go down this mountain, do not hit your brakes. I was very clear with him. But because of his pride, his arrogance, <laughs> his self-will, Joe, what did you do when you... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Why did you break your collarbone? Because you hit your brakes. But what did your mentor tell you to do? Uh, not. not to hit your brakes. See, so listen to me this morning. So, <laughs> you break your collarbone. Oh, man, it was hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> oh, I won't go there. All right. So I'm going down this, this, this mountain, and all of a sudden, bum, 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 I heard all this racket, and I, I looked down, and I looked at, just looked down, and I'm going, you know, you know, 40 miles an hour, and I looked down, my legs bleeding. I'm thinking, what in the world happened? And so I was trying to slow down the bike, and I pulled over, and I broke a spoke. I don't know how that happened. And so I was trying to fix it, and, you know, because I'm in a race, and so I'm trying to fix it, and, and I kind of just tweaked it between the other spokes and went about two more miles, and it happened again. 
And uh, so I'm on the side of the road, and I'm thinking, okay, how do I fix this? And uh, all of a sudden, I remember, you know, if I had duct tape. Now, I didn't have any duct tape on me. And so there was some other riders, finally at this time, getting ready to pass me, and I'm just yelling, you have duct tape? And she, no! You know, you have duct tape? No! And, and all of a sudden, man, I'm, I'm stranded on the side of the road. So I saw this vehicle coming, and I just kind of got in the road and just started waving the vehicle down. And, and all of a sudden, as it got closer, I realized it was a police officer. And here, here's this picture right here. And um, this police officer, he, he pulled over, and, and he said, can I help you? I said, man, I got a broken spoke. I said, you got a pair of wire cutters? He, he said, no, I got a pair of pliers. And so he came out. He's trying to, you know, I'm, we're trying, trying to break that spoke off. It wouldn't work. And, um, and I said, do you have wire cutters? That's what I think will work. I said, you have duct tape? He said, no duct tape. And... Um, he said, I have handcuffs. I said, well, that won't work. <laughs> and uh, so he got a pair of wire cutters. By this time, I, I was just physically not real strong. And so I'm trying to break this, you know, spoke. And you think it might be real easy, but they're pretty strong. And so I told him, I said, you do it. I said, I can't do it. I don't have the strength. He said, I don't want to break your bike. I said, it's already broken. And uh, so he, he snapped the spoke. But uh, uh, I'm so thankful for this officer, but not just for what he did at that moment. I'm thankful for really for all officers. And how they, what that badge represents. And I think of what the cross represents. You know, Paul stated in our verse that we just read that, that people that deny the cross even try to de- destroy the cross. They see the preaching and the message of cross is something that's foolishness. It's crazy. You're a fool. You are simply, when we, when we were young, we would use this term, a moron. And that's what that word means, that foolishness is it's, it's moronic. And you wonder, why would people think that, that that cross is moronic or foolishness? You know what that cross says? You cannot do it. That's what that cross represents. You cannot do it. And you know what? In our human nature, we want to say this, yes, I can. Yes, I can do it. But the cross screams out to you and to me, you can't do it. And Jesus says, I've already done it. And on the cross, he even said, it is what? It is finished. And so we look at the cross and, 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 and the world just despises the cross because they think, you know, no, I've got to do my part. I, you, know, it, you know, it's a religious, you know, uh, activity and my good works and my pedigree and, and, and my religious activities are going to get me to heaven. No, no, no. Listen, the cross screams out to us and say, you can not do it, but I've already done it for you. And as we think about that wonderful truth that Jesus Christ has finished a redemption for mankind, this changes everything. This changes everything. And so this morning, I want to share with you four truths in how the cross changes everything. And how the cross changes everything. First of all, the cross changes everything because of God's passion for you. Because of God's passion for you. First John chapter 4, verse number 9. And this was manifest, the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him, here in His love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us. That He loves us. That, that we see His passion in, in loving you and me. The Bible says, but God commendeth His love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, question is this, what is passion? What is passion? It's a compelling motion. It's a, a, a feeling. 
as of love or even hate. You, you think of hate, you, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this term before. It was a crime of passion. Now, if anybody's thinking a, a crime of passion, there's one person that comes to our mind. O.J. Simpson. They said that that murder of Nicole and, and her boyfriend was a crime of passion. And the reason why is because once they went to that scene, that murder scene, and how their bodies were destroyed, they knew right away it was a crime of passion. It wasn't a crime just trying to steal some money or rob a purse or or just trying to, got caught breaking into a, a house and got caught. No, it was a, a crime of passion. But then there's that passion of love. And as I was thinking about this, I, I, I was thinking, and I know this may be, you know, several notches down from God's passion for us. But I remember when I was invited to church for the first time. Now, I went to a Catholic church and, and kind of did some religious things. Uh, but my sister got saved, and, 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 and it was amazing that she really got saved. I mean, things began to change in her life, and we even noticed it. Even though we were a non-religious family, we, we noticed some changes taking place. I mean, you know, she, number one, she started treating me nice. That, that was a good thing. And, uh, and then, you know, her music changed, and her dress changed, her, her spirit changed, and and, you know, I remember my dad sitting at the table one time, and, and we hardly ever had, you know, a family meal together. But I remember him saying this, we have a Baptist at the table. And, and honestly, I didn't know what a Baptist was. Really, I thought everybody was Catholic. And, uh, and, and I'm thinking, what is a Baptist? And then my sister started to invite me to church, and I'm thinking, no, I don't want to go to church. And, and uh, I said, you know, Sherry Ann, it's good for you, and, you know, I'm thankful for, you know, what, what, what's going on in your life. But, hey, that's not for me. I was 15 years old, man, I was cool. Man, I had the long hair. Man, I had the tight blue jean pants with the, the we used to have um, platform shoes. Remember those? And uh, I'm telling you what, man, I was pretty cool. And, uh, and, I, and I had Levi's, and he had to have Levi's because he had to have that little orange tag in the back. And you paid 15 extra bucks for that little tag. But you had to do it because you wanted to be cool. And so I, I, was, I, was, I was cool. And she was invite me, invite me. I said, no, 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 no. And then finally she said this. Well, there's a girl at church I want you to meet. Hey, 15 years old. You go anywhere to meet a girl, right? Even church. And so I went to church. I didn't go to church because of the revival service. I didn't go to church because of the youth conference. I went to church for one reason, to meet a girl. And I remember walking in that church. It's right there. I walked into that church and I remember seeing this one girl. I said, ooh, I hope it's not her. And... uh, and then I saw another girl, and I said, ah, I wouldn't mind maybe meeting her. And I remember walking up the stairs to go into the auditorium, and I looked down this hallway, and I saw a girl. And I said, whoa, <laughs> I hope it's that girl. You know, there's several different Greek words for love. Okay, the top one is what? Agape. I'm sure it wasn't that one. Okay, and um, I think it was one of those lesser ones. Okay, uh, I think it's Eros. Okay, and um, I saw it. And I thought, whoa! And, and then, man, I, I, I'm thinking, man, I, I, I hope it's her. I hope it's her. And, 
And all of a sudden, my sister's singing in a choir. And, and I noticed that girl. She was playing the piano. And um, I, after the song service, she came and stood next to me. And she said, I remember this song. Stand up. And um, she, she said, do you see any pretty girls? I said, oh. I said, I did. She said, well, which one? I said, the piano player. And she said, well, that's the girl I want you to meet. And I said, oh. I like church, man. Yeah, bring it on. Revival. 14-day revival. Bring it on. And I, and I remember after church, man, my sister brought me up to, to that girl. And, and she said, well, uh, Bonnie, uh, you know, this is my little brother. I said, don't, I'm thinking, don't say that. You know, this is my brother, Jerry. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh, how you doing, baby? Hey. And I'm telling you what, I was in, I was smitten. I tell Brother Joe, there's, there's four C's for marriage. You know, pick out a date. Number one is this, are they a Christian? I didn't know that C. All right, second was character. That wasn't really hard on my, high on my list. Number three, the third C is chemistry. I thought we had chemistry, I know I did. And the fourth C is cute, and I'll tell you what, she was cute. So right there, she passed the four tests of the four C's. What does that have to do with outreach? None of thing at all. <laughs> hey, it's 8 o'clock. You can't knock on doors until 9.30 anyway, so you're stuck with me. Amen? <laughs> so I'm telling you what, man, I was so excited. I was in love. Man, I was, I was pursuing her. I was passionate for her. Man, I, I, I didn't miss church at all. Man, I, hey, I even got a haircut. Hey, I even wore a leisure suit. Yeah, I got one of those, powder blue, I remember. It, it, it wasn't cool. <laughs> but I tell you what, I was passionate. Here it is. God is passionate towards you. Listen, Jesus Christ knew what the cross represented. He knew it represented pain, loneliness, torment, agony and abandonment. He knew it represented that. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He knew what that cross represented. But then he said this, But not as I will, but thy will be done. He was passionate. Jesus pushed aside everything that Satan would throw at him. And he said, I must go to the cross. Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 5 says this, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And his stripes we are healed. I believe if we could just understand. I believe if we could just believe. I, I believe if we could remember his passion for us, it would produce a huge amount of passion in our hearts for Him. At times, our passion for Him is pretty small. What stops you from serving Him? What obstacles will cause you to be silent for Him? What level of passion will you demonstrate today for Him? This week for Him? This month for Him? Will you make yourself a little bit uncomfortable so that others will hear and understand what Christ has done for them? Paul said this, 
For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul said, I'm not ashamed what that represents. I embrace it. I'm thankful for it. Because it's the power of the cross that brings salvation to mankind. Listen, the cross changes everything because of God's passion. Not only for you and for me, but for the world. For the world. The cross changes everything because of God's pardon for us. The Bible says he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that, we, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. For me, it was when I was a teenager. I am so thankful for that. I could take you back in my mind and my heart to that place where I realized that I needed a Savior. And I knelt down and accepted Christ as my, my Savior. I'll never forget that moment. The thing that Jesus would forgive me. Listen, his pardon changes everything. It changes everything. I will not stand before God and give an account of my sin. I'm pardoned. Listen, if you're saved this morning, you will not stand before God for your sin. Now, we'll stand before God for our service. But praise God, we will not stand before God for our sin. Because our sin has been covered by the blood of Christ. And I stand before God Almighty justified. Just as if I never sinned. Why? Because I earned it? No. It's because of Jesus. And because of what he's done for me. Oh, the Bible says... In Isaiah 43 and verse 25, I even I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake and will not remember thy sins. Isn't it amazing how you remember your sins and how I remember my sins? And you know what? When we remember our sins, guess what happens? Man, it slows us down in our race. It weighs us down and we get discouraged. We get defeated and we almost want to quit. But listen, hey, God doesn't remember our sin. The Bible even says he casts our sin as far as the east is from the west. And he remembers our iniquities no more. Just two weeks ago, I was over here on the east side of Lancaster making a follow-up visit. And it was one of those areas where um, this house, I was able to lead somebody to Christ. It was probably about four or five months ago now. And I've been kind of working on it. His name is Bernie. And, and um, Bernie got saved. It was just a, a, just a sweet time. And, and I was trying to follow up on him. And and encouraged him to take that next step in baptism. And, and uh, uh, finally, uh, Bernie, Bernie got baptized a couple weeks ago. Thank the Lord for that. And as I was talking to Bernie, two of his friends came out. And, and uh, one was William, one was Jose, and uh, was talk, uh, Joshua, excuse me, and was talking to them. And, and I asked him a question. I said, hey, listen, Bernie made a decision a few months back. 
And um, I, I'm going to sh- share the same thing what I shared with him. And I said, let me ask you a question. I said, if something were to happen to you today, and if you were to die, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? They both looked at me and they said, no, I don't know that. The one guy grew up, guess where he grew up? Crown Point, Indiana. And he looked at me and said, I, was, I, I said, no one's ever asked you. I said, no, no one's ever asked me that. I, I, was, I was surprised. And he said, I, I, I don't know. And, and I began to go through the scriptures. And, and it, these are, one guy was, was about 35, and the other was maybe 28, 29 years old. And it was such a joy to, be, to open up God's word and, and to talk about God's forgiveness to them. And boy, right there in that garage, they, they bowed their head and prayed and accepted Christ as their Savior. Hey, their sins are gone. Man, they're justified before a holy God. And listen, this community needs to know that that cross changes everything because of God's passion for them. But not only God's passion, but also God's pardon for them. Man, I don't know about you, but don't get over the thrill that you are forgiven this morning. Man, we stand before God, not with all these lists of sins that we've committed, but we stand before God as being righteous. Hey, listen, we're not guilty. We've been forgiven. I I remember, Pastor, and I wish I paid more attention to this little illustration, but there's, there's a grave someplace. I'm not sure where it's at. I think it's in New York on the East Coast. And on a tombstone, all it says is forgiven. And guess what? If you're saved this morning, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. God's forgiven you. God's forgiven you. What joy, what relief, what, what peace comes into our hearts. Oh, this world is trying to find peace. But listen, you can only have peace if you have peace with God. And that's only possible through Jesus Christ. And when we think about the cross and how it changes everything, because God's passion for you, he sent his son into this world to die for us. But not only his passion, but also his pardon. But number three is this, the cross changes everything because of God's promises to you. We, we talked about this, but just the promise of his love. Now listen, I, I, I remember the first time when I told Bonnie that I loved her. I, I remember that. I, I, I could take you to the very spot. I said, I said um, I, I've got something to tell you. She said, yes. I love you. I was waiting for her to say back, well, I love you too. But you know what she said? Thank you. <laughs> you talking about a slam. It's like, okay, where do you go from there? You know, I didn't take Christian marriage in the home yet. <laughs> and I'm there, oh boy, I'm in trouble. But I remember, listen, I remember when she said to me, I love you. Woo! Man, I tell you what, that was, that was awesome. He was like, say that again. Well, I love you. Well, say it again. And then she used to write me love notes. She said, I love you very, 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 very. Oh, no, those are the letters I wrote to her. She was a little bit, she was a little bit, more, a little bit more depth in what she wrote. But I did write her a poem. Roses are red and violets are blue. I sure love you. And, um, <laughs> but here it is. Don't get over 
God's love for you. I'm telling you. Listen, the simple truths of God's word can transform your life. Do you realize how many people in this valley, they don't know that God loves them? I don't know how many times I've sat in a living room and looked at a couple and said to them, let me tell you something, God loves you. And you could see it on their face right away, Brother Shetler, they would say, not me. Not me. And I've had multiple people say this, hey, you know, you don't realize what I've done. You don't realize what I've done. I took one of our officers, and we were in um, East Palmdale, door knocking. And uh, he, he, we came to this door, and he said, do, do you know where we're at? And I said, yeah, we were in East Palmdale. He said, you know, this is a real rough area. I said, oh, I know. And he looked at me and said, aren't you scared? I said, um, no. He said, man, I'm scared. I said, you packing? He said, well, yeah, I'm packing. That's not gospel tracks. <laughs> All right. I said, what? I said, listen, the Lord's watching over us. And he, was, he was nervous. This guy came and knocked down the door. The guy came to the door, started talking to him. He had a little five-year-old daughter, cute as a button. I don't know why you say that, but she was just cute. And, um, and he, he invited us in, and we're sitting in the living room talking. And he, you know, I talked about, you know, God's love for him. And he said, no. He said, listen. He said, you don't know who I am and, and what I've done. And I saw Frank. I could tell he, I shouldn't have said his name. Um, the police officer was a little nervous. And um, the guy goes, you know, I, I, I've been in jail. And then I'm thinking, okay, I wonder if he arrested him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that would have been a little bit awkward, you know. And, uh, and so he started, I said, listen. I said, listen, your sin is just as bad as my sin. Might be different, but it's just as bad. I said, there's a verse in the Bible that says, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And I said, Dan, I said, your sin might have brought you down this low. But listen, God's grace goes a little bit farther. And I remember Dan finally understanding that truth that God loves him right where he was at. I I knew that Dan, you could tell he was probably in a gang because just by the tattoos and things like that. And he had a tattoo right across his neck with a very vulgar, vulgar word, a cuss word. But I remember when he got baptized in that baptistry right there. It was in July. Now, around here, July could be pretty hot, like maybe 150 degrees, okay, hot. It wasn't that hot. It was probably definitely over 100. But guess what he wore to church that day? A turtleneck. And when he got baptized, I remember him getting baptized, putting the, you know, our uh, fashion statement baptismal gowns on, and um, he put over his, his turtleneck. Listen. Don't get over the fact that God's willing to forgive anyone. 
God forgave you and God forgave me. His love, man. His salvation, the promise of salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You think of the promise of victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's just about the promises of God's word. That's what that cross communicates to us. That's why the cross changes everything. That's why we're going to be taking this, this brochure out today. And we're going to go out and knock on doors and say, Hi, my name is Jerry. This is Mark. We're from Lancaster Baptist Church. And we have a special day. Don't say we have Game Changer Sunday coming up. That doesn't make any sense. But say, hey, we have a special day coming up on October 7th and 8th. We are calling it Game Changers. And we'd love for you and your family to be a part of that. Then walk them through the brochure. Listen, the cross changes everything. That's what changes everything. The message of the cross. Why? Because it says, it says to you and to me, God's passion for you. God's pardon for you. God's promises to you. And number four is this. God's purpose for you. When I came to the cross, I have a new purpose. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. God has commissioned us to go into this world with the message of the cross, and may we take it to every single person. Every single person. Listen, this college, it's about the cross. The theme is what? West Coast Baptist College. Training labors for the harvest. That's what it's all about. Preparing you and mentoring you and challenging you and inspiring you and instructing you. For what reason? So you go out in the harvest field. So that we can labor together. Because the cross, listen, it changes everything. And may I say this? God's purpose for you is the same purpose for me. In so many ways. Now, there'll be very some unique, special purposes for your life and not for my life. But there's some general things that God wants all of us to do. And one is this. Is that we would all be witnesses for him. God's called us all. Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. God's called us all. And we've dedicated this day, this morning. Really? A dedication to go. Why? Just look at the cross. Just take a moment, think about it. Just think about what Christ did for you. Think about his passion. 
Just think about it. Sometimes we we believe certain truths, but we don't allow them to impact our lives. To inspire us. Just think about that. God's passion. Then think about his pardon. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And God's promises. Jesus said, I will come again. And then God's purpose. God desires to use you today. He desires to use Dr. R. He desires to use Brother Shetler, Brother Weaver. Hey, God wants to use me. And listen, if God can use me, all right, listen, mark it down. He could use any one of you. Any one of you. All you have to do is be willing. What did Isaiah say, Lord? Here am I. Send me. Listen, Jesus Christ is the greatest game changer. And because of him, everything else has changed.